Hey, I'm Drea, and this is Unpopular Passion. What's up, everyone? Welcome back, and thank you for joining me for another week, another new episode of Unpopular Passion. Something I feel like that's been coming up for me a lot lately is not feeling the need to live your life by a specific timeline and not being so harsh on yourself about deadlines. Of course, we all have goals and things we want to accomplish by a certain time, but you can't let your life be run by that. And I feel like that theme really fit my guest today. She has found a way of fulfilling her passion in her life by helping people in retirement find their potential, find more possibilities, and continue to find purpose. For some, that can be a time where they just don't know where to go from there. And that could lead to wasted potential which is something my guest never wants to see happen. Something that really stuck out to me about today's conversation was the way that Sharon got emotional at certain points when she was discussing certain memories or sayings that she loves. It shows you how much she really cares. And I'm not sure why, but at one point... Something she said began to make me emotional as well. There was a huge part of me that was very tempted to cut this out. But I figured it's real, it's what happened, and I should not try to run away from it. So I kept it in. But anyways, enjoyed today's conversation. And please welcome my guest, Sharon Rolf. Oh, it has been a pretty nice day. I just got back from lunch with my girlfriend. Um, it's my birthday week, so. Oh, happy birthday. It's mine as well. Is it? Which, <laughs> yeah. Which day was it? Um, it was a few days ago, actually. It was on the 3rd. 3rd. Okay. Mine was Sunday the 7th. Oh, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you too. Thank I, you. I, coming back from lunch, I thought, how come do I feel so much more love this year? And I think that's because I'm loving myself more this year. I absolutely love that. You know, it's like I'm letting it in. <laughs> that yeah, that's oh, that's so important too. I always I don't know why. I feel like it's been coming up in conversation for me a lot of like I don't feel like you can really accept love from anyone else until you love yourself. Yeah. But then not only that, I feel like if you don't love yourself first and if you are looking for that too much in others, it doesn't really fulfill in the way you're looking for it to. And Dre, I think it, it shows somehow in our aura, people know. 
So to uh, start things off, what would you say that you're most passionate about in your life? Well, I've just kind of articulated this in the last two, three, two, three weeks. And yet it's mm. been in spirit for like, since I was a teenager, I love potential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a teenager, it's kind of a mystery about, you know, my own potential. But um, I have a hanging on a wall hanging that I got for a Christmas present here four or five years ago that kind of mentions that I've mm-hmm. always liked to find the, the golden nugget inside everybody. And um, it's, it's kind of a mystery thing to me. But um, now that I'm retired, I still want to wake up people with appreciating their own value and mm. potential. Because with all this time freedom, we need to be getting engaged in life again, yeah. on yeah. our terms, not a boss's terms, you know, a human doing for them, but it's time to live from our heart. But the other, the, the other thing that's strong um, is possibilities. When I wrote my book, Fresh Courage in Retirement, um, you know, I have on the cover, Explore the Possibilities. And um, when you get curious, you know, a three-year-old, there's not much that will stop them if they're determined to open the door or get the cabinets open or whatever. Curiosity does an interesting thing to our mind and um, it opens us up to possibilities. I love that. And I, I find it so interesting, too, that you just said you have only really articulated it recently because I feel like... I feel like sometimes you don't really sit down and think about what it is you're passionate about. You just kind of do it and you just kind of go. And yeah, I love that. And especially curiosity is something that's been on my mind a lot too. And I feel like that has been a running theme in my life lately. I feel like that's something people say to me a lot, especially with this podcast is they they say that I seem very curious and I feel like that is a big backbone to what this is kind of discovering different perspectives and how people view passion in different ways and yeah I feel like keeping a good curiosity in your life opens up a lot of possibilities so since you mentioned passion Mm. I make these little blocks and they're scattered throughout my book uh I'm not sure this one is in there passion has the ability to light a spark in all of us um I often think about how people who are in a job that fits them like a glove, Mm -hmm. how amazing it is to watch them. And I usually equate that to somebody like in a restaurant that's serving us um, and how they just do it with such ease and grace and Mm -hmm. beauty, you know, actually. Yeah. And it's, yeah, even like something like that, I feel like you can have a passion for because some people I think tend to try to look at it maybe in too complicated of a way and like try to dig too much in it. But yeah, I actually recently took a trip with a friend and we went out to breakfast and our server that day, she was just so amazing. And like, you could tell just loved what she did and was great at what she did and was just like, so just very patient, very understanding, very accommodating. And she was just like, you know, it just left like a huge impression on us. And like, you can be, passionate about whatever it is that you're doing in your life 
you know, with all the stories that are coming out of people being in the hospital and so forth, that's another place that you often find that giving from such a heart and and with grace. <clears throat> I've never spent a night in the hospital. So um, I I don't have any experience in that way. I'm mm. knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to. But um, yeah, teachers might be another one. You know, there's mm-hmm. it's hard to say, but there's room for all of us to be, <laughs> you know, find our passion. In fact, just this week, Drea, that I had a coach that told me they thought I should work into my um, signature talk, the title, something like um, how to have sparkle, the power of sparkle. Mm. And then this morning, another podcaster that we were just getting to know each other, uh, she was said, said something like ignite your inner spark. And um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I sparkle, I know that. And that's, that's a gift. Um, but can't we all sparkle? Yeah, definitely. It's in our own ways, too. And something I feel like another kind of running topic I feel like has been popping up in my life that fits is I've been talking a lot about not having a set timeline in your life or not giving yourself deadlines in your life. So I feel like what you're doing fits that so perfectly and, you know, wanting to empower people of an older age and in their retirement and kind of, you know, giving giving themselves a new life in a way. What what is it that kind of made you want to take that route? Well, good question. Um I started okay, so I back in the about 83, 84, I ran a singles convention here that uh was running usually about 1800 people to come. And I was a chair one year and I retired of April of 16. And I, yeah, okay, when I chaired the convention, my director said, always have something else to go to. When you have a big event like that, have something else lined up, because otherwise you kind of get, go into this depression of after, you know, I, mm. it might be like giving birth, there's a depression after birth sometimes. So, so I had planned. Since transition, uh, retirement is a transition, I signed up the week before to start coaching school. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we learned in coaching school was how to write our essence statement. And I'll get to that in a bit. But um, the I think it was three, four months later that I saw a webinar on the internet that was how to have mental strength. Not mental health, but mental strength. Mm. So you know, piqued my inner curiosity. And it happened to be a fellow from the UK. And he said, when you need extra confidence going into a stressful meeting or conversation or something, he said, um, bring to mind a warm memory. And that warm memory will give you more confidence and a, you know, better, stronger backbone or whatever, for whatever you're facing. And so I, I'd usually re- use this story of when I was in third grade in the Christmas program. But um, a couple of weeks later, I thought, well, why just have one more memory? Why, why not see how much of a list I could make? And the shock was half of those things were in front of people. You know, a Toastmasters um, presentation, a 
Dale Carnegie, whatever. And well, even the conventions to some degree. And um, was I in the wrong career? <laughs> you know, <laughs> my career was over, but it, it started making me take baby steps towards maybe I was meant to be an influencer. Hmm. Maybe I have something <laughs> to say. Well, I've been collecting these words of wisdom from most all the books that I read. And so, you know, I had a, a fair um, repository of wisdom and um, that acting as if, well, as of May this year, at the end of May, I started calling myself the queen of courage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I've done, now done 97, 94 uh, episodes on Instagram, uh, just two minutes talking about um you know, my, my blocks, but it, that started out from somebody asking me in Brazil to help them practice their English. And I did uh, two classes and one of them was on courage. And they said, the courage one was the best one we've had so far. <laughs> so that developed into the, uh, the Instagram postings. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I, I'm gonna have to look at those. I like that a lot. And how, I mean, how has the response been from the, your target audience trying to help retired people find that courage and find that curiosity? Well, the, um, I, you know, this building a business is such a big learning curve. Yeah. Um, this, this month I'm in the process of inter doing avatar interviews. My book was aimed at people like me that are uh, in retirement and they're professional women. Mm -hmm. I, I want to work with people who are continuing to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to be a couch potato, <laughs> I may not be able to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, you're probably going downhill mm -hmm. in your, you know, mind. Um, I have a couple plants out here on my patio that gosh, it's hard to keep them alive. But you know, if I don't water them, they won't live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be going downhill. So hey, watching 48 hours of TV a week won't be the kind of person I can, I want to help. Mm -hmm. So um, the problem mainly is I think a lot of boomers, people are retired, don't aren't on social media. Mm, that's true. Um, Podcasts, perhaps. I, I did 53 podcasts here uh, two, three years ago, and it's different today. But I, so since I want to touch or impact 10% of the boomers, I decided I need to be an international speaker because they might listen to me in some venues. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to put on events just for retirees mm, mm -hmm. maybe i need to go to california and arizona <laughs> where there's these camps and be a speaker and have you been doing that lately or have you been able to do that with like the way the world is right now well no but um i've been ending two or three of my last podcasts with invite me to germany or australia or you know mm -hmm. i want to be a you know, invite me over because um, New Zealand's on the top of my list. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Are you a big traveler? I haven't been much. Um, the last trip I took was, I think, to Rockaway Beach, Oregon. <laughs> 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 Whoopee, you know. But um, uh, I have 
I have been an adventurer. I sometimes I wonder if that's um, you know changed a little bit, you know, as I've gotten older. But but um, I certainly value the education that comes with with travel. I another top thing is uh, experiencing Christmas in Germany. Ooh, is there something different about Christmas in Germany or is it just? They say it's the best in the world. I've never heard that, but I'm I'm really big on travel also. And I agree, like there's nothing like the education you give yourself with just that experience and like opening your perspective and opening your mind, meeting new people, seeing new places. It's incredible. Yeah, I have a nephew there in Germany. And uh, when I proposed that I come, you know, experience Christmas there. He was, um, his father-in-law was fighting cancer and I don't know how that turned out, but I haven't had the time or money to go back since. Mm, so, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to have to add that to my list now. I didn't know that about that place. <laughs> and so your podcast you're talking about, is that a podcast that you have done on your own? Yeah. I started out with a title called, uh, maximize retirement you know, all the financial planners, they take care of the finances mm-hmm. where there's this whole emotional side of the transition that and I, as a behavioral scientist, that's just right down my alley. And, um, you know, when you don't have people so to socialize with, mm-hmm. uh, like our jobs provided us and, and people, you know, like Dre, when we're interacting, you are kind of a mirror to my value. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. I don't have a task to be perform anymore. So how do you know if um, you're productive or valuable? You know, that was one of the things I struggled with at first. I thought, you know, I was kind of bouncing off the wall. And how do I know if I'm productive? Mm-hmm. Um, my boss isn't talking <laughs> to me. Yeah. Well, I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Nobody told us that. Yeah. So the second second one, the first one was is only I'm, I believe it's only on Spreaker. The second one was called Fresh Courage. It's your time to shine, and that was on Transformation Talk Radio and probably on lots of um, channels. Um, but it's also on my my former website too, effortlessvitality.org. Is that something that you still have going on now? I quit um, April of last year, I believe, and I interviewed people kind of like you are, Mm -hmm. and I chose people that would help us be curious, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I I included some of their stories in my book Okay. um, and a wide variety, like one of my neighbors here does all kinds of drawing of uh, fallen first responders and vets. Mm. And he's been making uh, two a day for a long, long, long time. I put him in my book, Michael Reagan. And uh, the first story I included that was, in fact, one of my first uh, guests was a lady here in the Seattle area that knew she needed to expand her heart. Mm. And for two years, she planned on doing customer service projects around the world. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she she has now written a book called Smiling at the World. She wound up feeding baby lions, riding elephants, uh, helping out at a baboon sanctuary. Uh, and one of her special moments that I related to was teaching Chinese uh, college students 
um, English. Mm-hmm. And she would often use uh, songs to, you know, that were kind of popular to help them um, practice their words. And um, her favorite song was a Beatles song, Imagine. Mm, And they begged on her to sing it. And she can't carry a tune, but she (laughs) tried. (laughs) And then she said, okay, it's your turn to practice. And they all kind of looked around, you know, who's going to sing it? And there was a a young man in the back of the room and he stood up and sang it marvelously. And it brought everybody to tears. Wow. That's one thing I do love about like the the guests on the podcast, these amazing stories you get to hear. Yeah. So then there there was another gentleman that um, he had been in his career kind of a civil engineer. And he told us about how he was helping his city be a age-friendly city. You know, like, um, what, where's the list of public restrooms? <laughs> oh. Where's the buildings that have elevators so people in wheelchairs could get to lawyers or doctors or whatever? Yeah. Real practical stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I include a interesting collection of stories. And then these are stories you've included in your book as well, you said? Yes, yes. That's so but cool. The civil engineer, come to find out, has died in the last six months rather suddenly. Oh, but wow. I think he was 85. And But I did reach his um, his wife mm-hmm. and she was able to give me uh, approval to use it in my book. Oh, that's so nice. And so what was that process like for you writing the book? I feel like that's such a big I don't know. To me, that seems like such a big thing. It is something I definitely want to try and do in my lifetime as well. Well, um, let's see. What made me start? Oh, I I had been in a business strategy group online and one of our coaches there had decided to leave. And she has on uh, Facebook a a group called Build Your Business with a Book. Hmm. And so being, you know, kind and, um, you know, expressing care I wrote her a note saying our messenger saying that um, sorry to see see you leave and I hadn't worked with her one-on-one but she said well Sharon is there a book in you <laughs> <laughs> um, could be so you know defining who I was going to write the book to and uh, my why and mm-hmm. um the you know what what's the end result I would want to come of it that took several months just to kind of crystallize put that in a box yeah but um the the book that helped me as far as a a model was something called story brand and uh he he but that's by Donald Miller and he talks about how the major things that people want are to um conserve time, conserve resources or money, um, have a social network or fame or, you know, quite Mm -hmm. a variety. And so I use those main um, points that people strive for as my top chapter topics. Um, So they kind of tie to my stories from my podcast in a vague way, but um, I... Uh, I just kept moving forward with and being convicted. I had something to say and it was worth saying. Yeah. So that matters. Do you think if she wouldn't have asked you if you have a book in you, this is something you would have tried to venture on your own? (sighs) 
sometimes all it takes is like that one little one little influence one little push to kind of just light something up in you i'm one that's usually um you know kind of part of your passion and your purpose comes about when you see a need Mm-hmm. And like, I'm kind of cooking on a couple other books in my mind. One, I, I drove Lyft for about a year. Uh, I had a credit card debt I wanted to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And um, I would often, when I tell my, I, I was eager to, to chat with my writers because, you know, they were captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when I, I would give them one of my little, um, I had a podcast uh, card that I would either show them or talk to them about. Mm-hmm. And, and um, they said, well, my parents need to hear what you're, you know, working on. Oh, and that's cool. yeah. so I thought, you know, often I'm too close to myself to realize maybe I'm stuck or depressed oh, or something. Yeah. My kids might see it before I do. Mm-hmm. So So my next book might be around how kids can help their parents get unstuck and off the couch or whatever, be motivated. I love inspiring. So I, I'm approaching it from, um, can I lift your spirits to, you know, want to give or whatever. Um, and the other one is, um, in that same class, there was one gal that told me she knew of three I think she used the word awesome men that she knew that were quite capable, smart, intelligent men. And they died like within a year of retiring. Oh, man. Well, at, at Boeing, when I was only there eight years, but about a year before I left, um, I heard that there was this rumor that people kind of assume after you retire, you're dead within three years. Mm. Yeah, if you're a couch potato, I can understand that. But but that just stabbed me in my heart because yeah. um, and one of my writers told me the same thing, a totally different company that, yeah, that went around their office too. Wow, I've never so, heard that. Uh, yeah, that just potential. Mm-hmm. That's potential. That's died. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I feel like boomers, I need to get outside of the, the mass media um, or online stuff to get their ear. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hadn't thought about getting serious about going to Arizona and talking just, I, I have heard people say, uh, golfing 24 seven doesn't find, give you a purpose. Mm. So the, there's places that need to hear my message. I think. Yeah. I do also like the approach of, uh, reaching through their children because yeah definitely I mean no matter what age sometimes you're just too close to yourself to really notice changes you might need to make or things you should do for yourself and the thing you were saying about hearing about people passing away so quickly after their retirement I feel like also has a lot to do with how much we don't realize our mental stress can affect us physically And I could see how like, you know, just being worked so hard or dedicating yourself so much to something up until a certain point, it's like it was just weighing down on you. And all of a sudden when you relax, it just kind of all hits you at once and all comes down on you. 
Yeah, I I think um, one of the huge things that comes from having living from a purpose in retirement is that you live longer. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also well, okay. So my my senior center here when when I first started doing what I want to do in retirement, I asked them what what's your vision or mission there, and she said we're combating um, loneliness, isolation, and depression. She said, mm, yeah. Huge. And and the word combat, that's a strong word. Mm -hmm. And I just kept remembering that. And I thought, yeah, I think my dad kind of had some of that uh, depression, perhaps. Um, And it's, it's, um, so one of my little blocks that I made, I don't think I have it here, but it's um, seniors who socialize are happier. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a lot of people don't, don't know who they are without a job title, you know, yeah. or a business card or whatever. One of the first ladies I talked to that was um, angry about retirement <laughs> was she had been a uh, ER director, I think, on either second or third shift and loved her job. She had been at it like 45 years and they kind of pressured her to retire um, kind of at the early part of covid uh, she had been ill, I guess, two, three years before this. So they were kind of being cautious with her. But her, she says, I'm walking along with my daughter and my daughter is talking as if I'm invisible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like since she didn't have a job, she didn't matter anymore she, or she wasn't valuable or something. Yeah. So invisible. And in fact, I've done two or three podcasts that, um, we titled uh, from feeling invisible to the queen of courage. Oh, wow. So, you know, they, they like things that, that hook mm-hmm. your audience. Yeah, definitely. And- <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, it's interesting. Cause I actually, I realized recently within this past year is the first time in my life that I have identified myself as something outside of my job. I realized that, well, also because I left a job that I hated that was out for 10 years. And I realized that those 10 years that I was at that job, I very heavily identified myself with it. And it was always something that people knew me for. And I, I mean, I was so in it again, I was so close to it. I was so in it. I didn't realize that's something that I didn't like. And now when people ask me what I do, I don't, even mention what my full-time nine-to-five job is because I don't feel like that defines me. And it's so interesting to think of the other side, though, having already been in that position and that title for most of your life, that kind of is how you identify yourself with. And so I could imagine you don't really know I, how do I word this? Like you don't really know how to think of yourself or how to identify yourself when that's done. And it's like, so who, who am I now? Yeah, I, I've had a, my behavioral science master's degree. Um, I think since about 84, 85 and uh, no, 87, I guess. But I didn't have anybody drawing on that for my job. It was just something I, added to the rest of the project management or um, I was in some IT jobs. Mm-hmm. But um, my last job at Boeing was um, 
Whereas empowering people, I, I was called a facilitator and, um, you know, the old farts at Boeing didn't want to be empowered. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help so someone who doesn't it, want to be helped. Yeah, I tried and they said, you, you've got to have the hardest job at Boeing. And I said, yeah, but I still like it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it made me go to work every day. But um, I'm still trying to empower boomers, you know, even in retirement. Yeah. So I, I want, I want to see billboards that say, boomers, what are you doing to come alongside your favorite charity? Or the charities that say, boomers, we need you to help us build your communities in, um, with our services. Mm -hmm. And, um, That'll make my heart sing a day I see that. Yeah, they're definitely, I mean, I feel like you don't really see anything to include people of that generation or even to really acknowledge people of that generation. And it's like how you were saying with that woman and her daughter, how she's kind of just acting as if, you know, she's not really serving any purpose anymore. And that's not, that's not the case. And no one should be treated that way. There's there's getting to be some um, significant, deep, uh, work going on. One, yeah, Encore.org uh, helps bring multiple generations together. Mm. And they were the ones, I believe, that started the Purpose Prize. Well, and, and the guy that started Encore.org um, wrote the book, How to Live Forever. Very interesting book. That sounds interesting. And yeah, it was very well written. Um then uh, through the Purpose Prize, I found um, a guy's story. I went back to try to find it. And could I wanted so bad to read it, include it in my book, but it was the Indian fella that he must have been about 55, 65 maybe. And um, he had perfect English. So he must have grown up, you know, in the U.S. But he knew enough about his India country that if he could teach, if someone could teach, eight and nine-year-old girls computer skills it would save them from being sex trafficked oh wow blow me away Mm -hmm. for a man to recognize that is is the biggest thing to me women of course might be there were two three stories i found from women that were doing um serving their india country but i wanted especially that man's perspective Mm -hmm. and um so let's see what was there's there's another one um well aarp has life reimagined i think they have now picked up um the purpose prize oh the other one was the modern elder academy out of baja california is another one that's that's helping people address huge issues that they can see them their personal career mm-hmm. being serving needs around you know that are monumental and um i don't know that i'll make it to one of their summits one of these days but i think there's something coming up this weekend that i'll probably participate in um last month they were talking about diversity and how the black lives matter uh, how that resonated through black people with phds mm-hmm. you know so um, thought-provoking yeah, program. Definitely. I mean, yeah, these are definitely like resources and programs I've never heard of. And I'm now being more aware that things like this exist. It's definitely something I could 
look into more and I hope other people do too. I really like the idea of connecting the generations because there needs to be more of that for sure. Well, and I think, especially with doing my, my, uh, you know, I, I, and I just recognized this the last two, three weeks that I am passing on my wisdom as two minutes a day. And that's what elders are supposed to do Mm -hmm. is pass on their wisdom. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And definitely passing that on to people so they could carry it on to others as well. I love that. That's true. I was, I lived in Dallas, Texas for um, 12 years Mm -hmm. and um, around, I think the first Saturday of May, they would have a May fair around the Cowboys stadium. It was not inside, but outside. And um, back in the far corner was, I went on a Sunday afternoon, not realizing people were packing up their tents, but there was a um, geometry teacher turned jeweler tent back there. And um, I put on some of his jewelry and something in my gut moved. Oh, wow. And I took it off and put it on again and it moved again. Whoa. Well, I love unique stuff in the first place. And um, so later as, you know, as I'm doing all this um, self-help kind of reading, um, they encouraged, I ran across something that encouraged to write a paragraph about something like how I contribute to my job. So I use that jewelry to talk about how bright, how valuable, how strong, how reliable, you know, all that good stuff as, as that described my contribution to my team. Mm -hmm. Well, when it came to, um, writing our essence statement in uh, coaching school, I decided to use that same paragraph. So I start my <laughs> took me up telling that um, I, I start my essence statement with I am precious jewel of wisdom. Oh, wow. I love that. I'm a col- colorful collaborator, motivator and learner. I am uh, authentic, tranquil, and pure inspire. I light fires. And just this morning, uh, this other lady that we're getting ready for another podcast said, well, my coach on Monday suggested I use sparkle in my title. And she said, why not either align your life with your inner spark or ignite your life with your inner spark. And I thought, well, that, that ignite word is in my, mm-hmm. in my essence statement. So it's getting juicy now, Dre. Yeah. I, oh my God. I'm definitely that kind of person too. Like just to, I don't know, to feel drawn to something like that and like have it mean so much to you. But then also when you kind of put something out into the world, like you said, you with that statement and then now you have words and pieces from it coming back to you around in other ways from other people I feel like that all it all just kind of lets you know you're in the right place and that things are aligning well so so the when I work with people to write their essence statement I want to help them now the awareness of well I call it actually also DNA or your inner spark or your essence Mm -hmm. is knowing yourself on the inside and the joy diet was one of the first 
elective books I read on coaching. And um, it was the first thing was to spend 15 minutes a day doing nothing. Hmm. Nothing. Well, if you're just listening to your breathing and, you know, trying to clear your mind, you start realizing there is a voice inside. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a lot of wisdom. Now, hearing the voice and doing something about it are two different things. True. Yes, very true. But being willing to listen, you know, is is basically the first thing. But um, but once once you have this awareness in the your essence statement, then how do you make choices that align with that aware that essence, that inner spark? That's when heaven on earth happens. Wow. I love that. That's and it. I use a term heaven on earth in my book three or four times because it just feels so right, so wonderful mm-hmm. when when you're walking in that flow, that zone, that um, life is easy, you know? Yeah, everything just feels right. The flow is definitely the word that I like to use for that. It's just that flow state. It just feels almost effortless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would, I, I probably can't touch 10% of the boomers with, you know, writing their essence, but um, there will be key people I can touch maybe and then their lives, that ripple effect that affect the world will oh, help yeah, definitely, change. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> and so... Do you have any last words of wisdom or any pieces of advice you'd like to leave people with? Well, one of my favorite sayings, it's by Thomas Wolf. If one has a talent and fails to use it, one has failed. If one has a talent and uses, figures out how to use part of it, one has partially failed. If one has a talent and some figures out somehow to use the whole of it, whole of it, they have gloriously succeeded. And what a satisfaction few people ever know. Oof. Sorry, that made me a little emotional. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Honestly, like, oh, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> good, good tears, because um. We all need inspiration. And I guess with having this pandemic, um, all the more that we need courage. And I got the title, uh, Fresh Courage, from a Hallmark movie. And they said, oftentimes when you go home from vacation, you go home with fresh courage. So I want this world to find some fresh courage. 